Campfire presents Lights Out. Good evening, campers, and welcome to Lights Out. This is an auditory experience designed to test your limits, the boundaries of disquiet and tension. Be prepared to endure a sensation that may chill you to your core. Please, take the time to prepare yourself. Dim the lights. Relax. Perhaps with your favorite blanket. Relax. Clear your mind. Free yourself of any external factors that may prevent you from getting the full experience. Close your eyes. Relax. Focus on your breathing. Welcome to Lights Out. Drive through. Henry pulled into the drive through and looked at the large illuminated menu. He was tired and hungry, and this was the only place open at this time of night. After looking at all the professionally photographed shots of food, he decided what he wanted. He looked at the speaker expectantly and got nothing. He pulled around the parking lot. Perhaps he had made a mistake and the place was closed after all. There were a handful of cars and the lights were on inside. Hello? He said, feeling a little weird for speaking first. Nothing but silence. There were no cars ahead of him and nobody waiting behind him. He continued to wait, getting anxious. If he didn't get something from here, he would have to go home empty-handed. He didn't have any food at the house. Just as he considered driving off, he heard something in the speaker. It sounded like someone slamming cabinets shut. Were they just ignoring him? Can I get some service or what? Come on, I'm fucking hungry, Henry said, his face feeling hot. There was a rustling in the speaker, like someone was adjusting a headset. The voice that came through sounded like a young man and he sounded amused with his anger. So sorry about that. What can I get you today? Said the voice on the other side, like they were trying to keep from laughing. You think this is a joke, kid? You know how long I've been sitting here? Said Henry, hanging out his window. Sorry about that, sir. We had some complications in the kitchen. All straightened up now, said the young man. Henry sighed and ordered his food. Will that be all? Said the kid. Yeah. Pull forward. Wait, how much is the total? Henry asked. Nothing. Just the same muffled noises as before, accompanied by the sound of the guy breathing into the mic. Henry groaned and pulled around. Arriving at the window, he could see the young man with the headset and nobody else. He felt a twinge of guilt. They were short-staffed all along. The young man had his back turned to the bagging station, furiously shoving things into a paper sack. He hurried over and threw open the window. A rancid smell wafted from inside, like something had been horribly burned. The employee wore a heavily stained shirt and a tired smile. Henry went to offer his debit card, but the young man shoved the food toward him, 
The bag was soaked and dripping with grease, like a bunch of fresh french fries had been dumped in. All right, man, shit. He took the bag hesitantly. And when he tried to hand in the payment, the young man slammed the window shut, bolting back into the kitchen. Confused, Henry turned on the cab light to check the order. Behind the restaurant, he heard the back door shove open and the scuff of sneakers on pavement. The bag was filled with sizzling body parts. The Call I was fast asleep when I heard the sound of my phone vibrating. This annoyed me, because I was very tired. It was my ex-girlfriend who was calling. I answered them. This is how it went. Emily, it's like three in the morning. I know, I know, I'm very sorry, but there's some lady outside my house. By the tone of her voice, I could tell that she was nervous under her breath. What? Okay, let me explain. I went to the kitchen to get some water, and then I saw this woman outside in my backyard. What do you want me to do about it? Just call the police. I already did. They said that they'll be here in about a minute. A minute my ass. Okay, but can you tell me what she looks like? Well, she's fat, and her skin looks very pale. Long, black hair. Oh, she's also naked. Sounds like a crackhead is in your property. I say this so I could entertain her and calm her down at the same time, but it doesn't work. My neighborhood does not have crackheads, okay? I've lived here my whole life and never met one. Until now? Listen, just relax, okay? What is she doing right now? She's just standing there, looking at me with that fucking grin on her face. Are the police, are the police there yet? No, they're not here yet, and I'm almost having it. She suddenly stops talking. I could still hear her breathing and muttering. What the fuck? Emily, are you okay? All I heard was her breathing getting more intense before she picked the phone back up and whispered. There's fucking three of them. What? What do you mean? I don't fucking know. It's like they're clones or something. Before I could talk to her again, Emily drops her phone, bass from the loud thud. Emily, you there? What's happening now? There's ten of them. I could still hear her voice faintly. She sounds extremely terrified. Emily, what what is happening? The next sounds I heard were her horrified screams, glass shattering, and a bunch of loud footsteps. This went on for a minute before complete silence. I heard the whole thing. 
and I didn't do anything about it. Then my courage returned to speak to Emily. Emily, what happened? Are, are you okay? She's fine, dear. Whoever it was, it wasn't Emily. I demanded more answers before they abruptly hung up on me. I couldn't sleep that night. It had to be some kind of sick prank, right? Oh, how I wish it was. The next morning, two police officers came to visit and asked me about my ex-girlfriend. I told them about the whole incident, but I wished I could have recorded it. Then the two officers looked at each other, then one told the whole story. When they finally arrived at the scene, Emily was gone. Only her clothes were left behind. There were also lots of footprints, and the sliding glass door had been smashed by what looked like multiple people. Then they found a dirty piece of paper on the kitchen counter. She's one of us now, was written on the paper. What happened to my ex is unknown, but you want to know what's worse? They also told me that there were two familiar cases that had the exact same crime scene. Shavasana. The lights went low, and I listened to the sound of his voice. Slowly lower yourself down onto your side. Let your body descend, drifting like a falling leaf toward the ground until you find yourself at rest on your mat. When you're ready, Roll onto your back. Let your legs lie flat. Feel the ground supporting you, cradling you as your body sinks into it. Let your breath slow. In, then out. Feel the rhythm of your chest as it rises and falls like the slow waves of a tranquil sea. Feel your toes soften, your ankles loosen. Let your feet fall to the sides. Relax the muscles in your legs. Let your calves pool into liquid serenity. You use your legs too often. You don't need them now. Feel your thighs atrophy. Feel your muscle fibers growing soft and quiet. Your nervous impulses slowing down. No chemical reactions. Your body conducts no energy as you now let your belly go soft. Feel your navel sink down toward your spine. Feel your heartbeat slow and the blood in your veins slow with it. Your breath is ephemeral. Let it drift away like smoke from a dying ember 
You don't need air now. You don't need blood. Let your fingers curl and feel the weight of your hands anchoring the rivers of dormant tissue that are your arms. Feel your tissue melt into the mat as your jaw melts with it and your shoulders go slack. Let the tension go. Your job will wait. Your bills will wait. Your wife will mourn, but she will find peace and time as you feel your bones soften and your eyeballs sink into the back of your head. Let your blood rest along with the plane of your back. Let your aspirations and desires intermingle with your microbiome as it now does the work for you. Let the industry of your gut flora become distant. Let it swallow your worry like the soothing hush of static. Feel the knot in your stomach unravel. Let your fears decompose. Let the gases inside of you fill your abdomen like a balloon. Your body is heavy. Your essence is lighter than air, buoyant and drifting on a warm breeze. Ignore the space around your body. Ignore the buzz of flies and the tickle of their legs. Ignore the wriggling beneath your skin. Let your body sink. Let it feed the earth as your skin cells have for decades. Let your existence slough. Feel yourself becoming one with the ground. All is still. All is nothing. Now it's time to slowly rise. Roll to your side and bring your knees up to your chest. Wake up, Charlie. I think you fell asleep. Charlie? Charlie, it's time to get up. Why are his lips... Oh my god, quick, someone call! I listened to the sound of his voice, and the lights went out. I could taste the lukewarm tingling of fragrant darkness. Namaste. Jesse's Toolbox Jesse was about to pour his fourth glass of Glenlivet for the night when he heard the bell. The sound was faint and on a frequency that would only resonate with Jesse, a handful of others like him scattered across the world. Dogs, and certain varieties of bird, most commonly sparrows and finches. It was his first warning that they were close. He placed the bottle of scotch on the counter and began to walk towards his bedroom. There was a second bell, brass this time instead of ten. Jesse changed his course and his pace. He sprinted for the garage, cursing in a mixture of Latin and Acadian. His watch, a gift from the old things that slept under Baltimore, began to hum, then vibrate, then burn. That wasn't good. The pain leveled out at a point where Jesse could barely tolerate it. 
The house shook as something hit the first wall. There are 222 letters in the angel's alphabet. Jesse had used six that could stand each other on the ward around the property. He'd connected 14 letters for the wall around the house, then another 30, almost all that he knew and could trust, on a final circle that protected the garage. Two more crashes followed by a distant third told Jesse that his enemy was not trying to lower the invisible walls. Instead, they were attempting to break them through sheer force. That wasn't good either. That meant that they had visitors to spare. At least half a dozen. He felt cold as he reached the massive toolbox that dominated the corner of the garage. The chest stood next to several smaller containers. Jesse hesitated. He could fight using the tools inside the second trunk. He'd only been living in the house for six months. There was a job here, familiarity. Even a woman he'd taken out twice recently. Her name was Penelope. The decision was made for Jesse when the second wall collapsed. Then they were clawing at the ward around the garage. He picked up the bolt cutters from a workbench just as one visitor managed to slip through. Jesse saw it reach for him. A shadow shaped like a spider with too many legs and the human mouth on its belly. His watch flared so hot he knew it would leave a burn, but the visitor was gone. Jesse slipped his tongue between the bolt cutter's blades and snapped the tool shut. Blood sprayed across the workbench. He picked up the shriveled piece of pink meat and dragged it down the center of the giant toolbox. The final wall collapsed at the same moment. Jesse opened the box and stepped through, slamming the way shut behind him. The forest clearing was beautiful but unfamiliar. Jesse worried at the raw tip of the remainder of his tongue. By the time it grew back in a week, he'd have a new name and face and maybe another few months of peace.